you know, I just spoke to somebody who had only been here a couple of times before in the past, and so it just made me want to just recap a little bit about what we've been doing in these last few weeks, and that's we've been in this series that we called Naturally Supernatural, and we've just been asking the question, have we been putting God in a, a very small box? You know, have we, uh, we, we've been using this phrase called the, the plausibility structure. We, we kind of put this plausibility structure within which we think God can act and exist, but he doesn't really act outside of that structure. And so maybe we, we expect God to hear our prayers and to forgive us and to get us to heaven one day, but we don't really expect God uh, to meet our needs in specific ways or to heal us or to use uh, or, or for us to be used by God in miraculous ways because we've put God in a very small box. And so I've been asking us this question, Liz and I've just been asking us this question as we've taught over these last few weeks, does God want to break out of the box that we've put him in? I think the answer is always yes, right? And I pray that during these times that we'll have a growing belief that God wants to break out of that small box that we've put him in. Uh, we don't want to be people that are just pursuing God's power, pursuing his gifts, but we want to pursue God's presence in our lives. We want to know God present in our lives in a very real way. And sometimes we actually don't believe it's possible that God would speak to us, that, that God would guide us and direct us. And we've, we've We've reduced God to this very um, into a very small container. We we make assumptions that God is small. We think that He's passive, and our plausibility structure of God is so tiny that what we do is we we end up stop asking God for big things. We stop asking God, and, and, and the scriptures say so clearly: "Ask and you'll receive; uh, knock and the door will be open to you. Seek and you will find." Yet sometimes we're we're reduced to like to not doing that anymore because we, we we're not even sure that God wants to work. Uh, William Temple, who was the Archbishop of, of Canterbury back in back in the old country, uh, you know, like seventy or eighty years ago, said, "When I pray, coincidences happen, and when I don't, they don't." You know, he's just aware that although he can't perhaps put it all together and make sense of it all, he knows that when he asks God, somewhat coincidental things happen, that God answers prayer in miraculous ways. And, and if he doesn't ask, he doesn't receive. And, and I think that's true for all of us. And so this is like an invitation for all of us to expand that plausibility structure, that, that understanding of how God acts that we have. And today, Priscilla uh, touched on it so beautifully earlier when she talked about uh, the miracle that they saw in, in her brother's life. And uh, I want to just continue talking this morning about healing, about the fact that I believe that God heals today. I want to talk today about the fact that I believe God heals today. All right, well, we'll just check in that we're, we're here, that we're good with this. Uh, and honestly, I know that that's, that's not something that, that some of us... Uh, believe some of us are skeptical about that, and I want to show you um, an illustration, a video of that in a little while that that kind of uh, rocked my world in a way that you know I've never been able to kind of turn the dial back down again on that. But I've known that there's times in my lives when I get I get passive and I I, I start to think, well, God could, but He probably won't. And I don't want to believe in a God like that. I want to believe in a God, I, I believe in a God that can do all things and can do, abund he's abundantly able to do way more than we could ever ask or think. So let's just go back right to the very beginning. God created a perfect world. Okay, Genesis 1.31, it says that God saw all that he had made 
And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. At the end of the sixth day of creation, God saw that everything that he had made was good and perfect. This is how God began the creation of the world. And there was no, there was no sin. There was no injustice. There was no brokenness. There was no pride. There was no death. There was no end to, uh, to, to, God's, to the beauty that God had created. It was whole and it was complete. And then, of course, brokenness stepped into the world. And ever since then, we've been on this somewhat of a, of a downward spiral of, of the brokenness that has existed in the world until Jesus came. And it was as if this train that was going down and down and down came to a stop and, and, and then sort of started to turn back up again. And God is in the process of renewing all of creation to perfection. Did you know that? that God is in the process of renewing this world, renewing creation back to its fulfillment. And in fact, if you read like pretty much the very, very last page of the Bible, I think it's just one chapter from the end. Genesis, uh, sorry, Revelation, Revelation uh, 21, verse 3, it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne. That's the next one, Elise, sorry. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. This is, this is our future, right? This is the new heaven and the new earth that God is building us towards. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Right? Everything that we've been experiencing in this world that, that just reminds us that things aren't, all, aren't what they should be, everything in our lives that feels like so far away from that, we can, we can have faith that God is in the, in, in, in the construction business. Right, He is building the world and the universe back to that original order where it says there'll be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And if you're in a place today where you're like, listen, mourning and crying and, and pain, that's just like, you could have put my name in there because I feel that. But I want, I want you to know today that there is hope. I want you to know today that God is building us back, building creation back, and he invites us to be a part of it, building creation back to where the, the old order of things has passed away and God is bringing a new order. It's through Christ and eventually look, when we get to the end of those pages in Revelation, we can see what God is, that God is restoring the Garden of Eden. He's restoring what he started out in Genesis chapter 1. Like how awesome is that, that this whole thing has a purpose. It, this whole thing, the arc of Scripture um, is pointing in the direction of God rebuilding creation. Oh, I'm getting fired up here this morning. Sorry about this. I hope you're okay with that. But when we, when we look at Scripture, we can see that healing uh, and, and the, the, the kind of healing that is, is unexplained and miraculous was part, clearly part of Jesus' ministry. That was part of what he did when he, when he walked the earth. Matthew 4.23 says that Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Huge crowds surrounding Jesus wherever he went. But it's not just about healing. It's about he's preaching the kingdom. He's going into the synagogues, into their communities, and he's preaching this new reality that the kingdom of God is coming. You might not see it yet. It might just be like a flicker of a, of a, of a flame that will eventually grow. But, but that the kingdom of God is near. God's doing something new. 
Okay, and, and he's preaching this message, and along the way, he's proving it with signs and wonders and showing people, oh, here's how you know, by the way, that I'm present. In the, in, in, like, be, be healed. And so, so right there, he's, he's healing people and uh, you know, it says healing every disease and sickness among the people. And then he also, he also demonstrated that it wasn't just him that was going to do it. Uh, in the Gospels, he sends his disciples out to do the same thing. He sends his disciples out two by two to, to, to like go out into the villages and heal the sick. And they come back and they're like, we, in England, we say gobsmacked. They come back, they're completely gobsmacked like flabbergasted you know they're just they, their gob is smacked they've been hit in the face i okay i'm done but like they they, they come back completely overwhelmed that this message that he sent them out with it actually works all right and 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 i think you and i are shocked sometimes aren't we when god does something miraculous because we weren't expecting it may we may we be ever shocked and not shocked at the same time right surprised because we, we we love to see the great power of god but just but just aware that well that's how god works he is a miracle working god all right and the, you know the fact that jesus healed people is not usually in question especially for people in church you know, we're, we're aware that Jesus is a miracle working, is, 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 that God is a miracle working God, but we sometimes forget that, no, that's, that's for his people to do as well. That's for, the, for the, the people of God to live in an experience as well. And I know like massive parts of my life, I've just been like, well, I doubt God's going to do anything. So I won't even ask him. And I'm like, I am so sorry. And I'm, I repent for those times where I just believe in a small God because God is bigger. All right, we have no doubt that Jesus does stuff, but we, we've got to be reminded that God has put us here to bring his kingdom into reality on this earth. Now, I was, I was about 20 years old, and I, I know for all you looking at me, you're like, yeah, that was like 100 years ago. But like, I was 20 years old when, when, my, when the dial got turned up on my belief in who God was and what he could do. And with our youth group at church, we, 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 uh, we, we got in a train and we went on a three-hour journey up to the middle of the country uh, in England. We went to this event that our, our group of churches had put on. It was in a big arena with about 12,000 people. And I, want, I tell you this, my brother-in-law and a number of my friends, uh, my brother-in-law was older than me, and a number of uh, people who he worked with that, were, that are now lifelong friends of mine had put on this event. And I want, to, I want to say that specifically because very often when you, talk, when you hear about miraculous things, you always think it's either long ago or far away, you know, and it's just, it seems very disconnected from, from our own reality. Well, I, I want to share this video uh, in a moment, which is some footage that I gathered together from a few different sources of, of something that took place at that event that, that I, I will never forget. And I hope when you see it, you won't ever forget it as well, because it was a miracle, uh, similar thing I've never seen ever, ever since. And it's the sort of stuff that you read about in the scriptures. And there was a lady by the name of Jean Neal, who was probably in her late 50s at this time, and came into that event in a wheelchair. Uh, and she'd had a, a significant dream coming into that uh, event that is going to get kind of unfolded. This thing is, this is, this is like... 33-year-old video footage here. So you're going to have to forgive that. The resolution of all the stuff we found on YouTube and elsewhere was just like, it's like low quality. And of course, it's terribly British, you know, so you're going to have to work your way through the, the accents and stuff like that. But watch this video. It's about six or seven minutes long. And be amazed at what God has done. The, the, the person preaching at this event was a, a, a German evangelist who was called to Africa uh, and has preached to 
to millions in Africa. His name is Ryan Hart Bonke. And he's just recently gone to be with the Lord last year. But a uh, phenomenal man of God who's had an Im impact on my life over the years. And um, I want you to watch this and just experience this. Jean had had this dream that there was, she told us this, there was going to be a row of wheelchairs and she was going to be healed. She went believing she was going to be healed. We didn't know what to expect, but when Reinhardt Bonnke went to her and prayed for her, it, it, it was wonderful. And I just could not believe that there I was staring at the same man that was in my dream. And I knew then, I had no doubt that something was going to happen of some sort. And the very place, the, the black floor, the red seats I had described, it was just there. West German evangelist Reinhard Bonker was ministering. Jean Neal was sitting in her wheelchair off to one side of the auditorium. When time came for prayer for the sick, it happened just as in Jean Neal's dream. He then literally ran to where Jean Neal was sitting in her wheelchair. After laying hands and praying for her, he told her to get up and walk. And I remember when Reinhardt went up to her, straight up to her, and prayed for her, and she got out of that. We were looking out of that chair, and she ran around. How many saw this? Praise God. Pardon? My husband's come and seen it. Now tell me, what was wrong with you? Spine trouble for 50, 25 years. 25 years spine trouble. 25 years spine trouble. Now look at this. you mind to come up come up come up the platform just tell us what Jesus has done isn't that terrific I would like you to look at what is your name Jean G Mrs. Jean Neal you are the husband yes, John you pushed your wife yes now your wife will push you thank you hallelujah isn't that terrific you know, I'll tell you the truth, Jean. When I came in here and I saw you there, the Holy Spirit said to me, that woman will be here tonight. I say that before God. And when I came from there, I was heading straight for you. And I am thrilled. Now, what was actually wrong with you? 
I've had spine trouble for 25 years. I've had three major operations. And on the 23rd of December, my pastor and his wife will vouch for it because their, their son-in-law got me an, an appointment to see um, the big specialist there. And I was due, actually, to have a fourth my, uh, major operation where they were going to take bone from my hip, fuse it into my spine, and I was to be away from my family for a year. Praise God, Woo. I won't need it. Huh? Amen. She can now run, she can now bend, she can do everything in Jesus' name. Can you give us a small demonstration? What off? Well, have a little run here. Have a little run. Amen! Praise be to God! Jean Neal had truly been blessed by God, and the depth of her miracle was astounding. Her doctor explained his reaction when she bounded into his offices after the healing. <laughs> Unbelievable. She uh, walked in without any pain whatsoever. She came in, she said, uh, I'm perfectly well. And she bent over and touched her toes and stood up like that without any uh, sign of distress at all. It is uh, completely unbelievable. Jean Neal's miracle, therefore, was truly one from head to foot. And according to her optician, even her eyesight made a dramatic recovery. As a result, Mrs. Neal's spectacles have been greatly reduced in strength, and her eyesight is better than it was when tested eight years ago. In all other areas, Mrs. Neal has been declared 100% fit. No doctor, however, has needed to prove to Jean Neal her newfound health. She was immediately able to do things she had not done for 25 years. Jean is the screaming agony when getting into a car. Jean is now able to garden, bending over without hindrance. She has also been able to mix mortar for a church building project. Jean's story was picked up by local and national newspapers and none of them were able to find any flaw in her healing. The medical world had no explanation and were dumbfounded by what had happened. When we covered the story, the miracle was seven months old, and even the skeptics were beginning to acknowledge the healing. Probably the most skeptical was the government department of health and social security. When we visited, Jean had been trying for seven months to send back her mobility allowance to them. Each time the money had been returned to her because of skepticism about her healing. This morning in the post, I received a form for what we would call a mobility allowance. Uh, and I shall have to write back and say that under no circumstances could I support her application for mobility allowance because she's no longer disabled. Jean has returned to St. Cross Hospital, 
no longer as a patient, but as a volunteer. She now serves tea to the patients in the ward where she spent so many years of agony. We just had to keep that part at the end about serving tea to people because that just makes it sound more British, doesn't it? So. But man, you gotta, you got to believe me that, that coming back on the train that night, I just knew that I'm never going to see God the same again. You know, this thing that was put together seven months later, and then I think we, we pieced that together from a couple of different documentaries. Uh, you just know that over time, I mean, there's been another thing made about her years later as well. That God's just done a, a truly miraculous work that if you saw those risers kind of going up behind what was taking place, I was, sta I was in the risers on the other side of the auditorium, just with like a bird's eye view watching kind of Reinhard Bonnke, like, where is that woman? You know, she just, <laughs> just ran around the arena. Um, and I'm in, in awe of God when I watch that, and I just, it makes me want to cry out, God, do that again in, in our time. Do that, do that where, where, where we live, do that here. You know, after Jesus was ascended into heaven, his, his followers started doing exactly the same thing, just praying for those uh, who were sick. In, in uh, Acts, Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter and John uh, are out there in the temple courts, and they pray for a man who's been essentially in the same situation that the gene was in, unable to walk. And in verse, verse 6 of Acts chapter 3, Peter said, Silver or God, gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And I love that, that what, what, what it says there is not just that the man got healed, was that the, man, the, the, the healing pointed directly to Jesus. You know, he's like, he, he jumps up and he walks in praising God, pointing to Christ. Uh, later on in, in uh, Acts 16, it says, by faith, they're, they're talking about this, what, what's taken place. And it says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. Like everybody knew this guy. He was like a fixture in their, in their community, in the temple. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Like everybody knew it. Everybody knew that like, this, this man who was once lame can now walk. And through this, this one miracle, many people found their way back to God. And if that's the case, then healing becomes, healing becomes part of our experience as well. And praying for the sick, praying for those who are sick and asking God to show up in miraculous ways should be part of our lives as well. And it's, I don't believe this is a performance thing that we've got to become, you know, the smaller equivalents of a famous evangelist who travels around and, and has a stage, but that in, in very normal ways, we can ask God to be present in miraculous ways. Because we're, we're asking God to do the work, right? We're not healers, right? We're not people who can, who can perform miracles, but we know a God who performs miracles, all right? And so we don't have to act in a certain way. We're always trusting God to show up, trusting God to be present, to do what only he can do. And there's no formula. You know, some people don't like this stuff. Some people, some people uh, especially people 
who are skeptical of those that follow Christ, they'll have lots of reasons to believe that this doesn't happen, not today. This is not normal, not logical, therefore we should, we should shun it. You know, I have a friend who's, um, who about 12 or 13 years ago, a uh, friend back in England, her name's Christy, and she prayed for somebody, and, uh, and prayed for somebody who was deaf, and their ears were miraculously opened. And she says, like, nobody was more surprised than I was. You know, like, I, I prayed for him, but suddenly this man's ears were opened and he could hear. Well, she told that story uh, in, in her church, and it was recorded on one of their online services or something like this, or some kind of recording. Uh, 13 years later, this is kind of around now, Christy is uh, wanting, she's, she's gone into local government, and she's, she's wanting to be a member of parliament, which is kind of like your, your senators in Britain. Well, somebody in the media found that uh, recording of her giving the testimony of praying for somebody and seeing them healed, 13 years later, that, that recording has destroyed her political career because so many people just want to believe this doesn't happen, therefore she's a nutter, right? I want to be a nutter for Christ if it means that I get to believe in, in what God can do. And, you know, she's having to pay that price in a very, very real way. But, I, you know, I want, I want us to be encouraged that, that God is good, God is big, God is more able than we could ever ask or think to do miraculous things. But within that, I want us to think, like, how might we be able to pray for those who are sick, to pray for those in our community who are sick, and not, not feel like, oh, we, we entered crazy land or something, but that we just, we're just uh, sharing what we believe God has asked us to do and to pray for those who are sick. And so there's a little acronym I want to put up uh, that is helpful, I think, for how we pray for people and how, you know, not, not, a, not a tactic that becomes a, a formula because we're still dependent on the Holy Spirit. We're still dependent on God. But perhaps some ways that we can pray for people that might help us um, uh, in our experience with this as we pray. And so we're going to use like the acronym of HEAL, H-E-A-L. And the first one, uh, the H, uh, would be HOW. And if you're ever if, with, with somebody that's uh, asking for prayer, or that's somebody that you, you, you can pray with, you want to start by saying, well, how can I pray for you? You know, Jesus, Jesus asked people, didn't he, what is it that you want? What is it that you want me to do for you? And I think what we can ask people is, how, how can I pray for you? And sometimes we just want to, we want to just jump into prayer without realizing what is the person, what is the person asking for uh, in this experience that we're in where we're, we're being asked to pray for them or we're having the opportunity to pray. Ask somebody, how can I pray for you? How can I best pray for you? And that's H. And E would be to explain what you're going to do. And, you know, we, we, we read regularly in the scriptures uh, that the disciples laid their hands on people and and prayed for them and prayed that God would heal them. And that, that has kind of all kinds of connotations for us. But I don't think in, in most cases, even kind of in a COVID-y world, you know, that, that somebody would mind if we said, would you mind if I place my hand on your shoulder? Because in the simplest of ways, uh, in the most unobtrusive ways to somebody's personal space in the world that we live in. Would you mind if I put my hand on your shoulder, laying hands on the sick and praying that they be healed? That's what scripture commands us to do. But let's do that in a way where, again, we're not going to be perceived as being nuts, um, but we could just come alongside somebody like a kind of a safe hug, put the hand on, your sh on their shoulder and, and then, in a sense, like explaining to them what we're going to do first. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus that he heals you because I can't do it. 
but maybe Jesus can, or I believe Jesus can. All right, so that's, uh, that's E. It's not your power, it's God's power. Uh, a would be to ask God. Ask God, uh, maybe ask God even before you ask for healing, God, what do you want me to know in this situation? Ask God, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say that will bring encouragement, strength, and comfort to this person? What do you want me to know about their situation? Ask for a word from God. Ask for his inspiration as you pray. And ask God to heal the person. You might say something like this. Jesus, I come to you because I have no power, but I believe you have all power. And I'm asking today that uh, whoever you're praying for, maybe the person's name is Matthew, I'm asking today that you would heal Matthew today. I pray in Jesus' name that you would heal him. And it could be as simple as that. And it could be as simple as, as just asking Jesus without any, uh, without any fanfare, without putting on the God voice. Have you heard that before? You know, we want to put on the God voice sometimes, don't we? You know, and I don't believe God needs us to put on a God voice in order to get his work done, right? But God is inviting us into the journey of, uh, of bringing healing to those around us. And then L is, is listen. Listen. And I think we listen by asking questions. And this is, this is, a, 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 uh, this is like a, can be a moment of fear for us to not, to not, take part in this because we want to want to ask the question did did you do you sense god doing anything and we're, we're fearful that the answer might be no right and so we don't we don't want to hear we don't want to listen to those to those disappointing words that somebody might re reply to us well actually no i didn't feel anything uh, but i think there's a challenge there that, that that we're being invited into because god might want to work in a miraculous way and if we don't invite that question of if we don't in, in, invite that answer do you, do you sense God doing anything today and just listen to what God might be doing did anything change well if it didn't I'm going to keep praying for you and I'm going to I'm going to make make a commitment to keep praying and asking for your healing Matthew Matthew 7 let me read uh, it's a couple of verses that we've read during this series over these last few weeks Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8, it says, Ask, and the gift is yours. You see, this is the thing. We don't, often, we don't, want, to, don't want to ask sometimes, do we? Ask, and the gift is yours. Seek, and you'll discover. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For every persistent one will get what he asks for. Every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. We're called to keep asking, to keep seeking, and to keep knocking. But in the midst of this, I hope that we're not people that, that we are people that are wanting to seek the gift rather than seek the giver, right? We could, it's, a, it's a simple, a subtle error that can be made where we, we, we want to seek the gift rather than seek the giver. Come on up, Johnny. We're going to finish up in a moment here. But um, we're gonna, it, it's important for us to seek Jesus, seek his presence, not seek what he can give to us. Now, I don't know if you heard the news a couple of days ago. It was on Friday. Priscilla was telling me about this this morning and showing me all these pictures. But out, on the, out in San Diego on Interstate 5, that main highway that goes all the way, from, like, all the way up through California, a, an armored truck filled with money like, had an accident and the back door opened. And, uh, and literally, this is like Friday morning, right? All of a sudden, 
I-5 was covered in singles and 20s. All right, and this is just a couple of, like the traffic all came to a standstill. And you can look it up on like, I found it in like three seconds. It won't take you long to look that up, that news up. But like the entire freeway was covered in money. And uh, uh, you can bet your bottom dollar in this case, right? That like everybody who gathered up money wasn't going, you know what, let me go find the person who gave me this and thank them, right? That wasn't happening. Nobody was seeking the giver. They were just glad for the gift, right? But God calls us to, and I think they're all getting arrested, actually, but God calls us towards something different. That In the midst of seeing God's spirit and his presence and power working in our lives, we're to seek him and not to seek the gifts. And it's just human nature. We want to be, oh, look at this gift. This is what I want. When we ask God for his power, we're asking for gifts. But when we ask God for his presence, we're seeking his face. And in everything that we are and all we do, we need to be people who seek God's face. And the, the, the things that God can do by his mighty power, see, uh, it's, it's to point us towards his beautiful face. We sang earlier, what a beautiful name it is. Are we, are we taken up with the beautiful name of Jesus? In the midst of trying to learn what it is to act in the power of, and live in the power of God, are we taken up by Jesus' name? So I say today, like, God, we, we cry out for your presence amongst us. We cry out for your presence in our midst. We cry out for a new move of your spirit among us. That we won't be, we, we won't be just going through like religious motions on a Sunday, that, but, but we'll be crying out for God's presence in our lives. And I want to allow time this morning for us, uh, for those who, who would ask for prayer. And I want to be willing to pray for you if you're in that situation. I've asked the, 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 the band is going to lead us in a song that some of you may know. And if you know this song and you want to sing along, um, I encourage you to sing because some of you might not know it. But, um, uh, and you'll get to know it very quickly. But, but sing out these words as the band is singing. And if you're somebody that, that would want to be prayed for this morning, I'd love to pray for you today. And uh, just be available at the front if you want to come to the front. I'm just trying to find my mask, but I have one. Is that right there? Okay, good. Um, but, I, but I'd like to encourage you to, to, to ask for prayer. And in this case, myself and Liz would be, be willing to pray. And, and uh, I'd like to just offer that as an option. You can do it now. You can do it after the service is done. But if you're in a situation where you, you need healing and you, you feel like, I need to, I need to ask then as the band is leading us during this song, you can stand or sit and worship however you would like to. I've been loving just the fact recently that some of you have just been leaning in during our worship times, kneeling or standing and worshiping, worshiping him, just because that's a way that we feel like we want to do it. Let's, let's pray and, uh, and we'll worship together. Lord Jesus, we know that we are uh, essentially taking, taking the, the smallest of baby steps as we, as we ask you to do the miraculous, but we don't want to shy away from asking our great God to be present. And so we ask you to be present in this moment, Lord, to manifest your presence among us, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.